Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to the journey this week. My name is Jude Hennessy, and I've been I've been off for a couple of weeks. One was a week of uh, holidays, and then uh, the next week, well, you wouldn't have heard from me anyway because I was, was pretty crook and I had no voice. So, thanks to Max Norden, who's taken the show for the last couple of weeks, done a great job too. But it's really good to be back with you and uh, and in the chair again and. And lining up for a really good show this week, it's for Sunday, the 19th Sunday, in Ordinary Time. And I've got to say, we've got some absolutely awesome inputs for you today. Since I've been away, we've uh, we've had Father Tony Percy, who many of you would remember we interviewed not so long ago about what was unfolding down there in the ACT with the closure of Calvary Hospital. Apart from continuing to move and, and respond to that series of events down there in the, in the ACT, and that's putting it nicely... Father Tony is a masterful writer and has great insights into scripture and we're really pleased to have been able to get very regular inputs from him now in a segment we're calling The Word, simply because he tries to do this in very, very few words. So great to have Father Tony joining us on the show. In a piece today he's called Effortless Mastery and he's going to tie some comparisons between Elijah, who we hear about in the Book of Kings in the first reading at Mass today, at church today. And with Jesus walking on the water in Matthew 19. We'll also be hearing from Mother Hilda Scott, of course. We've got Smart Loving, Byron and Francine Parola. We want to talk about the argument myth and how their presence or absence is, is not a reliable measure of the health of a relationship. Father Mike Delaney from down in Tasmania, he's, he's going to talk to us about conversations about colours and importance of recognising the light that shines every day into our life. But to kick us off, we've got Father Mark D. Batista. We're hearing from him regularly because he's a regular contributor to our show in many ways, but particularly through what he does in the recording of Mass for You at Home, which goes out via Southern Cross 10 every week and various other media platforms. And the recording of that Mass, which is shown early morning around Australia and, and, uh, and repeated variously, is a great way for people to worship, particularly when they're isolated. Lots of people in, in convalescing situations or in nursing homes or in hospitals have access to the Sunday Mass because of that, and we get access to some wonderful preaching. Father Mark today is going to talk to us about how God reveals himself. And to make sense of that, we're going to need, need to hear the Gospel Reclaim, which Max Norton's going to do for us now, Matthew 14, 22 to 33. And then Father Mark is going to break open the Scriptures that are read at Mass right around the world, every single church for the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. I love how we go through these series of readings and over a course of three years. Lots to get through, as you can, you can hear. Better get into it. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he would send the crowds away. After sending the crowds away, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone, while the boat, by now far out on the lake, was battling with a heavy sea, for there was a headwind. In the fourth watch of the night, he went towards them, walking on the lake, and when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But at once, Jesus called out to them, saying, Courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. It was Peter who answered. Lord, he said, if it is you, tell me to come to you across the water. Come, said Jesus. 
Then Peter got out of the boat and started walking towards Jesus across the water. But as soon as he felt the force of the wind, he took fright and began to sink. Lord, save me, he cried. Jesus put out his hand at once and held him. Man of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And as they got into the boat, the wind dropped. The men in the boat bowed down before him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark D. Battista. In both readings today, the Church gives us an example of how God reveals himself. And we see in that first reading from the book of Kings after Elijah had just had this, what he thought was going to be the solution to restore the faith to the people of Israel. And now they want to kill him and take away his life. So he runs there and he goes to Horeb. And this was a long journey. And now he's expecting God to reveal himself to him. And we've got the wind and the fire and the earthquake, but God's in none of those, even though they are demonstrations of power. And in times past, in the Old Testament, God had revealed himself in those ways. But how does God reveal himself? In the gentle breeze, what we least expect, because the power of God is made perfect in weakness. As our Lord says to St. Paul, my grace is perfected in weakness. So Elijah covers his face. Now, how did Elijah know that it's in the gentle breeze that God's going to reveal himself to him? Through an internal movement of the Holy Spirit, telling him, now I am here. And he goes and veils himself because you can't see God and live. So this is how God reveals himself to Elijah in the Old Testament. Coming now to the example of the gospel, here is our Lord showing himself and his power to the apostles who were out on the lake. We know Jesus had just been praying. He'd worked a miracle. He'd been with the people. He was exhausted, but he knew the fundamental importance of prayer and how important it was to replenish his own life. He now goes walking on the lake. We don't know what our Lord's intentions were, to keep going straight past or to come to the boat. But they're terrified. They're battling a heavy sea because there was a headwind. And immediately we know what St. Peter says, let me come to you. And so we can just imagine now, I just want you to for a moment to put yourself into the scene. The boat is rocking up and down. Waves are spilling over. There's a tremendous headwind. All these signs of the power of nature And Jesus is there, and he's inviting you to go out. And St. Peter, to his credit, takes a step out onto the lake. And Peter actually starts to take some steps, because Jesus was far enough to be seen, but not close enough to be recognized that this is, in fact, Jesus. They thought it was a ghost, remember. So Peter must have taken several steps, and he was able to do this. Why? while he kept his eyes on Christ. But then he gets distracted by the wind. And the wind is any of those forces in the world, our society, media, whatever seems to be against you and against Christ in particular. This is where the distraction is. And at that moment, when you feel that force of the wind, keep your eyes fixed on Christ because he is the one and reveals himself in the storm. 
go out to him and keep taking those brave steps on the lake. You don't know how it's happening, but it's happening. And through this, the presence of God is revealed. Indeed, you are the Son of God. And you'll say this too when these moments come your way. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor When my sails are torn Your love surrounds me In the eye of the storm When the solid ground is falling out From underneath my feet Between the black skies and my red eyes I can barely see When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family I can feel the rain reminding me In the eye of the storm, you remain in control In the middle of the war, you guard my soul You alone are the anchor, when my sails are torn Your love surrounds me See the future I picture slowly fade away And when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face I find my peace in Jesus' name In the eye of the storm, you remain in control In the middle of the war, you guard my soul I've only got a few months left It's like a bitter pill I'm swallowing I can barely take a breath And when addiction steals My baby girl And there's nothing I can do My only hope Is to trust you I trust you, Lord In the eye of a storm You remain in control
Listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. I remember one of the sisters telling me that her primary school nephew had returned home after a school excursion to some science exhibition, quite frightened. His father picked it up and at dinner that night he asked him about the day. It transpired that the little boy had been told all about the wonders of a particular machine that they'd seen, and he was worried that this machine would take over the world, come walking down his street, into his house, own his life. His father listened attentively for the little one needed to be listened to, and then said, Glenn, did it have an electric plug? Did it have an on-off button? Yeah, said the little boy. Then said his father, You can always unplug it and turn it off. You're in charge, not the machine. A smile of sheer relief broke out on the little boy's face. Yeah, he said, and undisturbed continued to tuck into his dinner. Sometimes I think we forget that God is the creator of all life not mankind. Whatever life, in inverted commas, we give to anything, a vacuum cleaner, a computer, whatever, it's always short-lived because life in its eternal, perpetual form, as we have it, is not ours to give. We talk about giving life to our children, but we don't. The life we've been given passes to them and it passed to us from people who'd gone before us. If you go back far enough, you'll see that originally that life came from God. Furthermore, look around, Jill. We're surrounded by the life of God, even down to the smallest mosquito. It too has life given to it by God. Make yourself an observer of life this week, because You know, God is always and ultimately the giver of life. And he's doing it still. It's a free gift. 
So, as I said, make yourself an observer of life this week and see how much life there is all around you over which you have absolutely no control. Thanks so much there to Mother Hilda Scott. Wisdom from the Abbey is her much-loved segment and how we're just surrounded by the, the beauty, the majesty, the, the wonder of the, the life that surrounds us. And it's important for us to recognise who the giver of that life is. Thanks to Father Mark D. Batista, who before the break broke open this week's scriptures for us, with a particular focus on Matthew 14, 22 to 33, Jesus walking on the water. We've heard from Ryan Stevenson's song, Eye of the Storm, and you're about to hear from Brian and Katie Tewalt, King of All the Earth. After the break, we're going to be hearing from Father Tony Percy. He's from the Archdiocese of Canberra-Goulburn, and he's become a regular contributor for us to the show. He's got a piece for us today entitled Effortless Mastery, and how Jesus was able to speak with this effortless mastery. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thanks for joining us this week on The Journey.
together on the journey. Faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life, there's a better life If you got pain, he's a pain taker If you feel lost, he's a way maker If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior If you got chains, he's a chain breaker Search for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run the things we know just ain't right. There's a better life. Somebody testify If you believe it If you believe it You'll receive it You wanna receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify Now, with the word, here's Father Tony Percy with his weekly reflection. Effortless mastery. Today, the 19th Sunday of the year, we have the unusual pairing of God appearing to Elijah on Mount Horeb in the book of Kings, with Jesus Christ walking on the water in Matthew 19. It's an unusual pairing for every Sunday. We know that the first reading and the gospel reading have similar themes, but today, the pairing of these two readings 
doesn't seem to be as quite as obvious. In fact, it seems to be more obscure. Let's look at the first reading, where God commands Elijah to go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Then we have this, then the Lord himself went by. There came a mighty wind so strong it tore the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind came an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire there came the sound of a gentle breeze. And when Elijah heard this, he covered his face. It may be that the biblical writer here is trying to help us understand the distinction between the way nature works and the way God works. For when nature is powerful, it is destructive. When God is powerful, he is exceedingly gentle. And we know this to be true by some of the most beautiful prayers in the tradition of the church, but also very much so in the lives of saints who have been able to tell us that God has spoken to them powerfully yet in the most gentle manner. So this could well be the first lesson from the reading. So Elijah discovers that God is not in the form of a mighty wind, an earthquake or a fire. No, rather, he discovers that God is in a voice of silence. Our translation that we have today is that it's the sound of a gentle breeze. But many of the commentators, the best ones, have said this is quite an inadequate translation. The best translation says that God is in a voice of silence. So utilising the work of Father Henry Wandsborough, a Benedictine priest, a fantastic biblical scholar, he says the following, Too many translations weaken the expression into a still, small voice of silence, or as we heard, a sound of a gentle breeze. Something, of course, that can do no harm. But it must stand in all its self-contradiction, the phrase, the literal translation, a voice of silence, a voice of silence. The experience is not one of weakness or gentleness, says Wandsborough, but one of effortless mastery, which needs no further assertion. It's a magnificent phrase, effortless mastery, a voice of silence. Yes, silence speaks with effortless mastery. We've all had the experience, and most likely we've had the experience of Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. So silence, begetting stillness, and then speaking with effortless mastery. That truly is an experience of God. And now in the Gospel reading of Matthew, Jesus not only speaks with effortless mastery, but he acts with effortless mastery. He makes the disciples cross the sea, and they cross the sea. He dismisses the crowd, and they obey, and the crowd disperses. Jesus himself climbs the mountain to be with his Father. And then, when the disciples are in trouble on the lake with the wind, and the storm, and the darkness, and the chaos, in the fourth watch of the night, that is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning, Jesus walks on the water. Imagine him, Jesus walking with effortless mastery. And then he speaks with authority. He says to them, to the frightened disciples, courage, 
It is I, do not be afraid. Again here, the more literal translation is probably more helpful. Courage, I am, do not be afraid. Recalling the name that God gave to Moses when Moses said, when I go back to the people, who shall I tell has sent me? And God said, tell them, I am. Jesus identifying himself with God, I am. The effortless mastery of Christ. So on this, the 19th Sunday of the year, we are invited to experience the effortless mastery of God in times of silence and stillness. And we're invited to experience the effortless mastery of God in times of darkness and chaos, like the disciples on the lake. And we cry out, Lord, save me. Well, that was great. Just dense with great ideas and great great themes and great thoughts. Thanks very much to, to Father Tony Percy. His segment is The Word, and it's taken from a, a blog that he writes each and every week where he tries to write things in a couple of hundred words, and, and in doing so, has to cut to the chase. And he's done so very, very cleverly here, looking how Jesus speaks with effortless mastery and, and with great authority. Thank you to Father Tony Percy. After the break, you're going to hear from a couple of fantastic people. They've been with us since really the inception of the show, which is, as you would hopefully know from a couple of weeks ago, past the, the milestone of our 10th birthday, 10 years of the journey. Well, Dr. Byron and Francine Parola from Smart Loving, they're all about ensuring marriages that are thriving, relationships that are thriving. Well, they both want to talk to us about the argument myth. And they want to point out that the presence or absence of arguments is, is not a reliable measure of the health of a relationship even though some people would say that it is. That's coming up after the break. First up, though, here is Passion and the song How Great Is Our God. You're going to love that, and you're going to love what you'll hear from Byron and Francine after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and thank you for joining us this week on The Journey. The splendor of the King
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. Here's Byron and Francine Parola with Smart Loving, tips for vibrant marriages and family life. Many people believe that good couples don't argue, ever. The reality is that even the best couples have deep differences and most will have some history of arguments, even if now, in their more mature years, arguments are infrequent. And today we want to challenge a common myth about arguments, the belief that if we argue, our marriage is in trouble. Interestingly, it turns out that the absence of arguments is not a good indicator of the health of a marriage. There are a few good reasons for this. Firstly, some couples who don't argue are actually living detached parallel lives. They simply don't engage on anything. They've essentially checked out of the marriage and have given up caring. Externally, they might be pleasant and courteous to each other, but it's hardly an intimate relationship. The marriage is essentially dead on the inside. Secondly, some couples don't argue because one spouse is too dominant. The other is effectively cowed into submission. There are no arguments simply because the submissive spouse is too afraid to advocate for themselves. Again, hardly a healthy situation. And finally, some couples appear not to argue because they have an avoidance style. They in fact do argue, they just do it in a way that is characterised by passive aggression or non-verbal resentment. It's the classic Cold War and silent treatment. These couples tend to sweep differences under the carpet while they maintain a veneer of civility. There's no shouting or angry outbursts, just simmering resentment. Superficially, it appears that there are no arguments, but there is still plenty of accumulated hurt since there is no means of resolution. Once again, the absence of arguments signals trouble, not health in the relationship. Let's be clear, we're not advocating for arguments, simply pointing out that the presence or absence of arguments is not a reliable measure of the health of a relationship. To learn more about healthier ways to resolve your differences, visit smartloving.org. Well, thanks so much there to Dr. Byron and Francine Parola, a piece they entitled The Argument Myth. Lots of reasons why couples do or don't argue, some good ones and some bad ones. But clearly that Byron and Francine are pointing out that the presence or absence of arguments is is not a reliable measure of the health of a relationship. It can be, but not necessarily so. Don't forget, you can go and listen to that again. There's a whole plethora of stuff that you've got from Dr. Byron and Francine Parole are available online and from people like Mother Hilda Scott, a growing list of things now from people like Father Tony Percy, who's just joined us. If you go to jcr.org.au, you can scroll down, you can sign up to get this sent to you as a as a podcast email reminder each week, and you can also go down there and click on any of the past material from the show. Over 10 years, you can just go and do a deep dive into any one of our Godspot presenters. The next of whom, to finish off the show after the break, is Father Mike Delaney. God in the Everyday is his segment, and he wants to talk to us about light and colour, the beauty of it all and recognising where it comes from. That's after the break, but not before a bit of really awesome music. Is Cain, there was Jesus. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. We're getting near the end, but you're still on the journey. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand, I start to fall And all those only roads that I've travelled Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground And when the friends I had were nowhere to be found 
Seeing God in life's everyday events, here's Father Mike Delaney. In the past few weeks, I've had some conversations with people that have gone a little differently from normal conversations. The first happened when, during a peer supervision meeting, we were asked what colour might best describe how we were feeling at that time. After different people suggested a variety of colours, green, blue, pink, as in tickled pink, I suggested grey. About that time, several things hadn't actually been working as well as I might have liked, and there were some looming deadlines that I felt were putting unwanted pressure on me. Later, after our session was almost completed, we were asked what would we say now about the colour, and after some challenging issues had been spoken about, I said black. Then in Easter week, I received a photo of grey skies over the Kingston Beach area. But there was a bright shard of light breaking through the clouds, making the water beneath a bright spot in the greyness of the photo. 
I uploaded the photo into the file I've created for images I will later use as background for Zoom meetings. When I went online later that week, that photo got quite a few comments. On another day, a few weeks later, I headed out to do some parish admin work, and there in front of me was another grey sky, and again with a bright shard of light breaking through, leaving a bright spot on the water. Now when I got back to the presbytery, the bright spot was still there, but was now much closer to the shore and to where I was looking from. So I took that photo and that scene and I've used the photo as a background for other Zoom meetings. It made me think of how often I look out at this incredible view I have from my front door and I take it for granted. Sadly, I have to acknowledge that it happens more frequently than I would like to admit. I've said before that I believe I live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. In fact, each week in our printed parish newsletter, we have an acknowledgement of country in which we state, with the cleanest air in the world, ancient rainforests, snow-capped mountains, wild rivers and pristine beaches, we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, and we are proud to state that fact. As I look out on the view today, as I write this God spot, I simply look out the window. The sky is grey, darkness is descending, but there is still something quite majestic about the river and all that I can see. Tomorrow it will be different, but there are truths that will remain the same, and there will be another beautiful scene in front of me, different as any other day, but it will remind me that each day Each conversation is different, but everything that happens offers me another opportunity to experience the presence and the wonder of God in my life. Neon lights and stained glass windows Old bar stools and back row pews I ran to one more than the other But I couldn't outrun you Trying to fill up all the empty Trying to numb the pain inside Thinking you'd never forgive me For all those Saturday nights But thank God for Sunday morning Thank God for 316 And the words it read that say you bled and gave your life for me. Thank God for the choir singing and the voice seeing come back home. Saturday night looked like the end of the story. Thank God for Sunday morning. Now I know that you're no stranger. Hearts like mine, it's what you do. Yeah, somehow you bring dead things back to life. And it might look like it's as over as a stone over a grave. But I've seen you move, I'm living proof. You still roll stones away. Thank God for Sunday morning, thank God for 316 and the words. 
glass window feels like freedom on my face. It really is a new beginning. It really is amazing grace. Thank God for Sunday morning. Thank God for 